Well, good morning again, and welcome to Press Church. My name is Sean Lee, and I'm a lead pastor here, and I want to welcome everybody, those here in person and those who are joining us online. Uh, if you are here in person or online, you will have a QR code that you'll see on the screen. Uh, and through this link, I can take the yeah, action. Sure, I will take it. Thank you so much. I failed again. Always forgetting stuff. Uh, through this link, you can uh, connect with us. We have an online bulletin, and we also have links to join life groups, to give, to do a bunch of things. And I do want to highlight two things. Uh, the first one is joining a life group. We are getting into a new season of life groups, um, and that is something we really value here. We value community. Obviously, we're in this series called One Another, uh, and so we'll dig into that even more uh, later. But if you aren't in a life group or don't have a life group, uh, please, through this link, you can find uh, a a little tab that says, I want to join a life group, and we will connect with you. I will also be at the Connect Desk after service if you have any questions about that. The second thing I want to highlight is giving. Um, here at Press, we can't do any of this without your support. Um, and so we encourage you, if Press Church is home and you want to be a part of what is happening here at Press, I am encourage you uh, to give, and you can do that through a link. You have a text to give number you could do, and we also have a box by the back exit that you can drop it in as you exit. Um, it means a lot, and it's great to see how, uh, how sacrificial and how generous uh, you all are. And it's because of what you guys give that we can do uh, what we do here. So I encourage you to do that. The other thing I want to say is just as coming up next week... Who's coming to church next week? You, everybody needs to raise their hand. Who's coming to church next week? We got after service grilling with the pastors. So you guys have to come. I'll be out there flipping some burgers. We're going to have some food, good time, hanging out. Um, it's things like this that you need to prioritize. And I, I say need. Need is a strong word. Yes, I know it's a strong word. You need to be there. Um, church is about community. Church is about getting to know each other. And a lot of times what happens is you come in and you sit in the same seat and you go through the same ritual, and then you leave, and then you go about your week, and you never build those relationships that are so important uh, within church. So next Sunday, right after service, um, I promise I won't overcook the burgers. Don't worry. Uh, but we'll have some burgers and hot dogs and a bunch of other stuff, and it'll be a great time. So make sure you plan on being here next Sunday. And if you had other plans, cancel them. All right. <laughs> One another. One another. Um, we have, uh, this is our fourth week in one another, uh, and really the idea is how, is how do we as a church, as body of believers, treat each other, and what does the Bible um, say to do? How does the Bible encourage us to treat one another? And so we've gone through, uh, really the foundation is through love, that was week one, and then Jason talked about um, kind of being there for each other, um, and he, he, he talked about even being, like, vulnerable, you know, that vulnerability of being within relationship. We talked about forgiving last week. How many of us had to work through some forgiveness stuff this last week? Yeah? Everyone's like, no, we just, we're going to forget the forgiveness week. Let's move on to something else. I'm still working through that forgiveness thing. That's, that's a tough message. Um, if you weren't here for that, it's online. Forgiveness is hard, but it's so important uh, within our relationships. Um, and then this week, we're going to talk about... Um, encouraging one another and building each other up. So everyone's like, yes, a more upbeat week. I don't have to talk about forgiveness or anything like that. Uh, building each other up, encouraging one another, um, and what we see, how we see Scripture encouraging us to do that. Um, every week, um, we get the teaching team together, and we hop in a car, and we put some cameras up, and we talk about the message for the week. So why don't we go ahead and watch the video? up 
encourage. Oh, screw that. <laughs> encourage. Encouragement. I'm more in the, uh, more in the tear down. Uh, and <laughs> <laughs> Didn't I? I know we talked about forgiveness last week, but uh, <laughs> it's still hard to build up people, even after I said I forgo- forgave them. <laughs> Again, I think this is a similar, there's a similarity with this week and last week in that we love to be built up. Like, we love giving that, getting that encouragement from other people. Uh, but we have, I think we have a hard time doing that for others. Like, I... I know for me, it's like, I want other people to do that for me. But when I'm only thinking about... (laughs) Thanks, Jason. When I'm only thinking about what I'm getting from other people, I'm missing... I'm not thinking of the opportunity to to give myself. Yeah. So how do we get through that? Yeah. What's, what's What's the pathway? Because we do as human beings tend to be self-centered it's about us right and so we want we want what we want whatever that build-up looks like and it can look like a lot of different things i think some people might be i don't really need (laughs) build-up uh you know what's what's that kind of thing but it's like eh, everybody needs some level of affirmation and um maybe people don't overtly seek it as much some some people but at the end of the day we all need this affirmation yeah. and where are we going to gain that affirmation and yeah. that, so that's a question for us but at the same time are we willing to be the kind of people who build other people up yeah. uh, you know yeah i think when people understanding their their place within a community and what they add and bring to it um, and i think so often uh, and I share this with, you know, our 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 team, our volunteer teams before service. Like, every one of you has a a role that you play and has the ability to like bring life to somebody or to encourage somebody. Um, I think how how great and, and would that be? That's true for everyone in the church, not just the volunteers, not absolutely. just the team leaders. Absolutely, you know, the people who just walk in on a Sunday. You know, maybe it's not their week to serve. They right. still just by being there. Yes, they br- they have the ability to bring a positive presence right. to the community. I mean, it's, right. it's it's just important that yeah. the, the the church itself is is positive and feels. And it's not like the silly name it claim it. Oh, just everybody be positive and all the negatives will go away. It's no, not, it's not positive. Yeah. It's more just am I building people up? Yeah. In that you know, if, do people walk away even if they're still struggling with something? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do they at least feel like, oh, he gets me, he understands me, he saw me, he heard me? Y- you know, we we can all do that. You don't have to be, yeah, on staff, you know, or no. a professional Christian. To... Professional Christian. Can we? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's well, that, so bad, and yet, well, that's the thing. So it's, often, that's the way it's we talk about it. Viewed, a yeah. professional Christian is paid to be good. Everybody else is good for nothing. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Wise words from Jesus. Yeah, right. I try. But when I think about, like, even what the church is known for, when you think about, like, uh, you know, we've had this whole series, the One Another series, mm-hmm. talking about the church, you know, being the church and, and being together and encouragement. Like, is the church known for that? Yeah. And if you were to just ask random people, hey, like, what is the church known for? Yeah. 
That's what we're against. So, so to be encouraging or to build each other up, you have to actually shut up and listen to the other person. <laughs> You know? Yeah. You have to be open to hear what's going on. Yeah. Shut up and listen. That's uh, <laughs> more wise words. We're we're usually spending more time thinking about what I'm going to say next yeah. and how I'm going to interject. How can you get my into story into it? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, that's the hard part of it. Yeah. So, I, the thing about it is, you know, how do we offer it out? The the church is supposed to be an example of <laughs> what the yeah. of what it, what a healthy community looks like. Yeah. And that means. When people come into our midst, right? When people are in, you know, our group, do they walk away feeling like people have encouraged them? People have built them up. People have even just spoken positiveness right. to them. Or do they walk away feeling kind of torn down? You know, like, and those are just the questions you have to ask both the church, you know, as a whole, but then even individually, like when... When you interact with someone, do they walk away encouraged or discouraged, generally speaking, right? Do you bring words of affirmation or do you tear people down? Right. Yeah, I think it's a great question to ask of ourselves. So how do we encourage? How, how, do, we, how do we build people up? I think before we get into the how, we have to address and understand what we actually are facing uh, in the midst of this, like what, what are people facing in their lives? Um, in 2005, the National Science Foundation stated that the average person has between 50 and 80,000 thoughts per day. That's a little over one thought per second when you're awake. Do you wonder why you're so tired? But one of the craziest parts of this stat, um, as you dig into it, is that it said that 80% that of these thoughts are negative. 80%. Now, I don't know how they do these studies. I didn't go and cross-reference all the different ways that they figured this information, but it seems consensus that we have a lot of negative thoughts in a day. We have a lot of thoughts, and a lot of those are negative. We are bombarded with negativity all over the place. Think of the media you take in. How much of that is producing positive thoughts in your mind? whether it be news, social media, movies, how much of that is actually giving you positive thoughts. Most of it is negative or is spinning something that induces fear or anxiety or depression. I remember, um, I don't know how old I was. I was probably early teens or close to 10, somewhere in this range, but the guy used to cut my hair. His name was Ed. I would go to Ed. Ed was a great man. He's probably, I don't even know, he, he was... Uh, probably in his 60s at this point. I don't know. African-American dude. He just looked like he was 40 still, but, you know, great skin. He would always tell stories. I'd, I'd sit there, and I would get my hair cut, and he would always tell stories. And he, he told me a story that he actually used to work for uh, a news source or a, a, a paper. I don't know if it was a TV station or a paper. But he worked for something in media, and he, Ed told me about this time where he was like, I'm so, I'm so sick of writing on negative things. And this is years ago. This is like 20, 30 years ago at least. And it was still the same. It was like all this negative stuff. And he was so sick of it. And he said, I remember going to the editor and saying, I've got a positive story. I've got, and he did all this research on it. He did all this stuff. And he, was, he wanted to bring this positive story. And they said, no. It doesn't sell. 
Can you, can you imagine, like, how much worse it is now? It's like all these stories, they, they want the negative. The negativity is what, is what draws our attention. There's, I, I saw, uh, like, a YouTuber, even in the way that they title their, their videos, if you, if you, if you kind of spin it in, like, a positive way, it almost makes it easier to pass by. But if it's got, like, this edge, this negative thing to it, it's like it, it almost makes you want to click on it even more. Like, we have negativity everywhere. Negativity sells. Look around you. Everybody look around for a second. Every single person in this room has already had a barrage of negative thoughts before they, they arrived. Lies about self-worth, lies about their future, lies about what people think of them. There may be somebody watching online from home right now because of negative thoughts about what would happen if they came in person to church. Props if you're watching still. We're all facing this negativity. We're all facing this kind of burden of of, of heavy, hurtful things in our lives. Your pastors are no different. I'm no different. Most weeks, I feel ill-equipped to come up here. Why would they listen to me? Ask any pastor the amount of negative thoughts that run through your head on a given week. We all face them. This is what we're going through. Are, are we getting it? You're not the only one facing these thoughts and these feelings. You're not the only one who has these negative thoughts going through. And so what are we going to do about it? That's the, that's the playing field we're in. Thousands of negative thoughts daily. That's, that's, what, we're, that's what we're up against. What are we going to do about it? If you have your Bibles, turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Um, beginning in verse 19, um, it starts a section about uh, persevering in our faith. And then a couple verses later, it says to, to hold on to the hope that we profess. For who that hope is in is faithful. It's a reminder of, hey, you, you've put your faith in, in Jesus, and he is, he is faithful. And then right after that encouragement of, of you, know, you know, our faith and, and, and persevering in our faith, we see these verses, and it's verse 24 and 25, and these are the, some of the verses that I want to focus on today. And let's read this together. It's Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. You may be familiar with these. It says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. There's, there's a direct challenge in these verses to encourage one another, right? It's like, it's right there. It's a, a main thing, to spur one another on to, to love and to do good. And, and when, I, when I just kept reading this over and over again, the, the, the first thing that stands out to me is this, and this is my first point today, that encouragement takes proximity. Encouragement takes proximity. Proximity meaning the nearness in space or time or relationship. So in that first part, he says, hey, let's, let's consider how to spur one another on. And then he says, don't get up meeting. 
Let's spur one another on to love and to do good. Don't forget to meet together. There seems to be this correlation to, to proximity and your ability to encourage. There's a, a trend that started even before we went through COVID that has, I think, only sped up in the last couple of years. And it's basically a trend towards, uh, I'd say, that social disconnection. I don't know if that's actually a term or I just, it's the word I thought of. Social disconnection. We've become distant. We kind of stay in our own corners a little more. A guy by the name of Daniel Cox from the American Enterprise Institute used, used the term friendship recession. He said to describe the number, to describe the rise in number of people who actually lack a certain number of close friends and lack of people to turn to in crisis. He said there's a, a friendship recession. According to the American Perspective Survey in May of 2021, 12% of adults reported to have no friends. That number was, has quadrupled since 1990. It was at 3% in 1990, and now we look ahead. 12% of adults say they have absolutely no friends. So how are we going to fight against the negativity, the anxiety, the depression if we are not together? If this theme of being separate and apart, you can read all the books you want, you can listen to podcasts and, and find informative TikToks and whatnot, but at some point, it's missing something. It's missing the togetherness. It's missing the community. It's missing the fact that you need other people. We need each other. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, be together. That's what he's saying. Be together. Do not, do not neglect this peace. These other things that you're prioritizing aren't building you up. Not everything's bad, but I'm saying this has to be prioritized. How many, how many of us prioritize this community? How many prioritize a community of people that build you up or, or, or being in a community that does that? And I realize that our social life is much more filtered through this now, right? Oh, you go out to restaurants and see couples across the table on this, and we're connected, right? And, and honestly, that, that can be useful. It can be leveraged to be close. Actually, this, just this past week, uh, Pastor Jason was in, well, he was in like two different states this week, but he was in D.C. on Thursday, and he was meeting with uh, two Vietnamese pastors uh, for dinner, and he sent me a text that night. And I'm, I want to read the text because I think it's, it's very encouraging. And so I'm, I'm sitting there, it's Thursday night, and he sends me a text. He says, the Vietnamese pastors I had dinner with were pretty amazing. Both had dealt with actual persecution in Vietnam where the police raided their houses. They saw God do miracles in some amazing ways when all they could do was pray. They asked how they could pray for you, me, and for press. One of them looked up press on Google Maps and just stopped 
and quietly started praying. Said he would pray that we find a way to reach the people of Powell and that he hopes to come visit us ASAP. How did that make you feel? I know for me, it lifted my spirits. Hundreds of miles away, and I get a text. Hey, someone's praying for you. And I knew he was serious because they were at dinner. He said he literally stopped (laughs) while they were in dinner and started praying. It's not like, hey, I'll pray for you, and then, like, stopped, prayed for him. So, yes, it's, it's possible to even encourage when, and stay close even while we are distant. But we can't deny the statistics that are coming out that show how lonely and disconnected people are, especially our younger generations. We need to be together, face-to-face. We need to build these relationships. It's important. So step one, proximity. Step two, when you are together, be intentional to encourage. One of my favorite words is intentionality. If you ask Dylan, worship leader, I, I don't know how many times we've talked about intentionality, like a lot over the couple years. Go, it, it's I think so many times we go through our day and we're just, it's like autopilot, right? You, you get up, you go through your routines, you, you do your stuff, and, and there lacks an intentionality. There, there lacks a, a, a purpose. And, and I ask us, like, what would it look like if we were intentional about building others up, about encouraging those around us? To actually, like, go into opportun- these opportunities and seeing them as an opportunity to build each other up. Uh, Proverbs gives us some wise words regarding how our words affect each other. Proverbs 12, verses 18 and verses 25 say this. It says, The words of the reckless pierce like swords, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. Brings healing. Cheers up. I like that. I want to be around that, right? I, I don't know about you, like based on the statistics that we're hearing about the things that we're feeling in our own lives, about the things that we see in other people's lives, like this sounds good. This sounds needed. I, I want to be a part of that, right? I, I want to be in that space. And we play a part in this. You, not just me, you. But we've got to go just a little deeper. Being a Christian, following Christ, isn't just about saying nice words. It's not about just being a nice person. If you look at almost all of the scriptures, even even this in Hebrews chapter 10, if you start reading around it, most of these most of these scriptures, the sections that they're in, you, you find a similar theme. 
and, and that theme is, is usually around, one, remembering who your faith is in and encouraging people of reminding them who their faith is in, and two, remembering what God has called you to and how to live that out. So it's not just like, oh, you look beautiful today, which is fine. Please say that. Like somebody, you know, give encouragements. That's fine. But there's this deeper thing in, in all these verses where it's like, who is your faith in? Is your faith in you or is it in God? What has he called you to? Are you living in a way that is, is disconnected from, from the person who you're being called to be? Who are you being called to be? How, sh- how, should, you, how should you love God through that? And it's a reminder of that. I've got three passages that I, I'm just going to put up that gives you some of these. In 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, verses 10 and 11, I'm going to read it for you. He said, it says, he died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just in fact you are doing. Just as in fact you are doing. So, so this one we have in an encouragement while we wait. We have this faith. We have this hope of, of the return of Jesus and while we wait, while we're in this mess, while we deal with sin, and while we deal with all these other things, it's an encouragement to, to stay, to have hope, to have faith. Hebrews chapter 3, verses 12 and 13, it says, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God, but encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. It's an encouragement and a reminder against sin and about how it affects us, about how it deceives us. Remember the life that you live. Is it reflecting who you say you are? Getting back to identity, we talk about identity in Christ. Who are you? Are you reflecting the person of God in you? And then we have Ephesians 4, 29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Don't have unwholesome talk. Have beneficial conversations. There's some intentionality here. And you see it even in Hebrews. In these spots we're talking about building and encouraging, it's not just, oh, we'll be nice. No, it's looking at the big picture. There's a bigger picture to all of this. God is in control. You believe in Jesus. Live a life that reflects that. Intentionality. Be intentional in your life. Not every word you have to say has to be super spiritual. Sometimes that's even, like, annoying. Well, you know what the Bible says. You ever have that? It's like, yes, I know what the Bible says. I'm a pastor. (laughs) Be intentional with your words. Understand and embrace the fact that within each of us is the power to build up the person next to you or tear down. Be the person that brings good, that brings encouragement. I saw a statement this week. It says it takes three positive experiences to offset one negative experience. Let's be the three positive, right? 
I love ending this time. Uh, not, not quite. I love ending a time with a question. Because I think questions are good. You see Jesus ask a lot of questions. And so I love the idea of asking good questions. And I was thinking about this. What makes Press Church different? What makes us different? Not different from other churches, just different. And the reason I thought of this was because of that statement that, the, that it takes three positive to offset the one negative. There's a lot of people who have had negative experiences around church. There's probably a lot of us in here. I, I've had negative experiences in church. When you think about this, that what, what we're supposed to represent and who we're supposed to be, how can we be different? How can we be a church that, that provides those experiences that are, that are, that are positive and, and, and build people up? I, I don't know about you. I want to see more people come to know Jesus. I want to see more people have a life of freedom and have a life of hope and joy. There's people all around this community doing who knows what right now. Your neighbors, your coworkers. I bet you anything they would like to be in an environment that was uplifting and encouraging. How can we be that? And, and really, the question is not just on me of, like, how do I provide it? How do you? How are you a part of this? It's not the Sean show, right? It's we, we are the church. You are the church. You, within you, there is opportunity and there's power to play that part in someone's life. And I think when we stop thinking about how others are building into us, but instead are thinking about how we can encourage others, the mindset just changes completely. I'm in the same boat. When, it's like when you're, when you're in this mindset of like waiting for others to give you something, it's almost like you start hardening your heart every second that you don't get that validation. It's like, well, I went to church today, and so-and-so didn't say anything to me. And I went... I was here the other day, and so-and-so didn't do this for me. And yet, if you reverse that and say, well, who did you encourage today? Who did you notice and say something to? Who was the person that looked down that you went up to and gave them a little hug and said, hey, I'm glad you're here? And now all of a sudden, that instead of that mindset of what I didn't get, it's I'm giving. I'm a part of lifting somebody up. And so this is my challenge for us in that, that this last slide. Be someone that lifts up and encourages those around you. It sounds simple. It's not a, a, crazy, a crazy new idea. But what if you were this? What if we were this? When someone comes into press, it's like, man, you know, you know what? I've had a hard week, and I felt encouraged to, to provide a platform for people to hear about the good news of Jesus. You know how many people like to have something shoved down their throats? Nobody. You know what? We may disagree on a few things, but you're welcome to be here. I want you here. God loves you. We love you. I'd love for you to put your faith in Jesus. It's the, best, it's the best person you can put your faith in. 
And I need you, I need each of you, I need all of us to, to do this. I need you to be here. I need church to be a priority. Not to make me feel good, but to help create an environment where people learn about Jesus, grow in their faith, are encouraged, are built up. What would that look like? How would that feel? I don't want to just play church. I'm not just here just to, just to go through the motions. And I can't do it on my own. And we've got a great church. We've got great people here who do great things. And I want to encourage you, keep going. Don't be the one that's on the outside looking in like, oh, well, I'm not doing No, be that person. Be the, I, you could have been here for a day or a month. I don't know. Be someone who encourages. Wouldn't that be great that, that you come to church and know, you know what, I'm not going to be judged for what I'm wearing, but someone's going to be glad that I'm there this week. Yeah, I had a terrible week and everything went wrong, but I know I can go there. And if nothing else, I'm going to feel loved and accepted. That's important. And in the meantime, they're going to hear about Jesus. They're going to hear about God's love for them. They're going to hear about the gospel. And we will all continue to grow in our faith together. Let's pray. God, I, I thank you for everybody here, for those watching online, for this community of faith, for those who are here that maybe don't believe in you yet. I thank you for this time together, God, and I pray that we each would, would recognize the opportunity that we, that we have to build up, to encourage one another, to represent our faith that's congruent with what you say in Scripture. God, give us the power, give us the, the ability to, to speak life to build up, to encourage. God, we, we love you and we thank you for another opportunity to just be together, to worship you, to be thankful, to grow. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. I'm going to invite you to stand and join us as we continue in a time of worship.